On vacation, on, yes, assignment, on assignment, on assignment, on assignment. Trying, we're trying to do anything to cheer up the blues. Yeah. So we sent them a stripper. <laughs> it worked. Hopefully that'll work. So good. Yeah, stuff let's just to go. Talk let's about. Just, yeah, let's just roll through it real quick. I mean, it's yeah, I was, I was talking to my friend before I came over here, and I was like, Ugh. I love doing the show, but it's hard these weeks. It's you know? hard yeah. right now. Like, yeah. there's. You don't like the like as people, much as people say like I know I've got a couple of things on Twitter. People are like, "Well, you guys are just like super negative sometimes." And I'm like, "Tell me what there's to be positive." When about there's right when now. there's positive, I'll be positive. When there's negative, I'll be negative. Like, you know, the one thing that like I how think, this team is. Yeah, the one thing that I think you and I do a very good job of, and I, you know, there's there's people who may not like it, is we're realists. Like we're fans. Don't get me wrong. Like I am a Blues fan, and I will cheer for this team until my dying breath. But I'm not going to sit here and and BS and say that everything's fine when clearly things are not fine. Oh yeah, I mean uh, the new. Let's just so we can say the I can say officially the new coach effect is officially worn off. Yeah, the honeymoon's over. Yeah, so as much as people are like, oh, they just won five. Well, as of right now, they're playing Colorado in about about 45 minutes from yep. this time. As we record on Sunday the fifth. Uh, yeah, they're we lost five. So. <laughs> Not and they are officially and, out of the playoff spot and, right now. And some of those games that they've lost are games that they damn well should have won. Yeah, which is and the other thing too is not like it was a hard fought game and they just barely lost. Maybe a couple of those I will a say more. a couple like the Chicago game I think was really hard. Fought, I agree, and I think that was a close one. That Winnipeg game was a stinker. That Winnipeg game was awful. So thank God, me and you missed most of that because we were stuck in the slew uh, high school for till midnight thanks to uh, Skip Weber. Yeah. So anyway, that's we'll have the story for another day. So um, we'll roll into after the break. The Blues are playing Chicago, which is not exactly the best team to play. Not when you look at the, the records, the team's coming off the break. Yeah. So at, the, at this time, before this game, they were two fifteen and uh, three. Yep. That's team. like that's like teams coming off the break. Yes. And one of those wins is because the two teams come out. The two teams that played were coming off break. Right. So someone so, had to someone win. had to win. So it was kind of one of those things where it's not good. And it didn't start out the best as Jonathan Taves took a very good pass from uh, Nick Schmaltz um, and beats at the uh, – this is Jake Allen in the net uh, for his 16th of the year. Taves is starting to finally play up to – Yeah, he is. He had a – Jonathan Taves. Yeah, little. he had a mediocre first half of the season, but he's, he's starting really, to play really well. Up. So, Jonathan Taves is 16th of the year from Schmaltz and Panic. He's been taken off ever since that Nick Schmaltz has put on his line pretty much. Yep. Is what they're kind of saying. So, at the 418 mark of the first – Unfortunately, on the power play, everyone's favorite douchebag, Patrick King, gets his twenty fourth of the year from Taves and Keith, at the eleven forty four mark. So the Blues at this time, and it, and they look bad. Yeah, at they this, look flat. At this one, they were real flat. And it was a, it was about the first ten minutes, and then they took this penalty, then the goal hit in, and then after this, they kind of woke up, and then thanks to I want to say Nicholas Yalmerson. No, he was sick. He got sick. It was uh, Seabrook. Yes. 
uh, got stripped by Magnus Payarvi, and Magnus Payarvi uh, snipes it past Scott Darling. A great shot. Yes, who and he gets his fourth of the year at the 1654 mark. Uh, Darling is filling in for Crawford, who popped up with the flu at the last minute because Crawford was pen, uh, penciled in the start. Yep. And so Darling's in. So, But the Blues have not, even though it's a backup, but Darling's played well against the Blues. Darling's been pretty fantastic. So he's one of those guys where I'm kind of curious how this team is going to hold on to I don't think him and a couple other guys in the offseason. I, I think Darling might be the goaltender who ends up in Vegas. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. So at this time, they roll into the second period, and you think – you know, things are going to get better. And uh, <laughs> the Blues uh, get the – They get an equalizer in this period. Thank you. I'm just like lost for a half a second there. And Alex Petrangelo gets his ninth of the year. A great shot. Yeah, snipes it high on Darling. It's on the glove side, and that's from Perron and Berglund. That's a power play goal. Yep. At the 12.33 mark of the second. So the Blues – after this, they start to look really well. The Blues played – Great hockey in the second period. Yeah, so they and I'm like, okay, they're they're pushing like really hard, yes. and I'm like, okay, this is what we need to see. And even in the beginning, that first half of the third, I think yeah. it was even to slightly in the favor of the Blues. I want to say, I think I they agree. played really well, had a lot of shots, and just you know, Look, Stasny. I was just going to say, Paul Paul Stasny should have had a hat trick in this game. Had three like a. Had got stopped through what three phenomenal three saves, amazing probably? saves by Darling, all on Stasny. Where I, all three of those should have been goals. Yeah, and I think two were on the pretty much front of the crease on the uh-huh. doorstep, and it just I think one got the knob of the stick, one, one got the got knob of the stick, top of the pad, and then I think one hit his shoulder or mask. Yep. I can't remember the other one. So he and then all those are different times. Like one was in the second. One was during that third period, yep. and then one was right at the end, which we'll talk about. The Blues, unfortunately, can't hold on. There was a really nice play, pass by uh, Panarin. Oh, this play. This play, like, I want to hate it because it's the Blackhawks. Yeah. But, man, that this pass and shot was fantastic. Yeah, Nisimov gets this 22nd from Panarin and Kane. Uh, and the thing is, the way Jake Allen played it, if this was a one-timer, Jake Allen played it perfectly. But uh, Anisimov actually fumbled it, yep. re- and kind of got it, and it was kind of like perpendicular. And then Allen kind of stopped sliding, so he had kind of a little bit of a window on his glove side, on short side, and he was able to put it there. And yep. part of me, well, you can't really fault him for that because he had the shot played. Yeah, it just, he did. it just unfortunately the way Anisimov received it kind of screwed him. So uh, unfortunately, the Blues tried their best to get a um, equalizer. Like we talked about, Paul Stasny robbed again on the doorstep again. with like yeah. about thirty-five seconds left. Yep. And then unfortunately, uh, Tanner Kiro, Cairo, whatever your name is, gets his fifth of the year. Empty netter from Hosa and Seabrook at the nineteen fifty-seven mark, and the Blues fall coming out of the break four to two to, four the, to Hawks. Two, the Hawks. And, which, I, and I will say this: um, as much as it, it it was a bummer to lose that game, I wasn't angry after the game. I thought that, to be honest, Chicago got one that they probably didn't deserve. You know, that game was a very evenly matched game, as all the Blues-Hawks games have been this year. Um, You know, this game goes to Scott Darling. Yeah, he played really, really well. So, But, you know what? 
Unless there's a playoff matchup, that's the last we see of the Hawks in this season. Which is crazy. Even think it's about nuts. it. You got, you got a month and a half left, basically. About tw- at this time, about 23 games left. And no more Chicago. And no more Chicago. But you have a lo- your, your schedule is, quote, unquote, the easiest through the rest of the way. Well, we'll see how that works out. Yeah, we'll see how that works out. Starting, uh, unfortunately, it's not working in our favor now. So the Blues come home to face the Edmonton Oilers, or I like to say the Edmonton Pat Maroons. Yes. Because everybody, like, he comes home, is like, oh, it was a big deal. He's having a very good year. Nothing against the guy. No, the, he's having a good year. The team's having a great year. Yeah. So um, they're a couple of points out of first place at this time. They kind of fell off. But they're third. They're pretty, pretty solid third in the uh, yep. Pacific right now. You know, you go into this game, and you have two teams that are on losing streaks. Yeah. So um, Paul Stasny atones for everything that happened to him in the, the last game. Gets a goal, uh, kind of a tip-in goal on a shot from Petrangelo. Who, great, great, great deflection. It's eleven oh seven mark, and it's also Schwartz. Gets an assist on that one somehow, uh, and then like thirty seconds later, yeah, about uh, yeah, about fifty less than that, forty four seconds left later, eleven eleven fifty one mark. Milan Lucci gets his fourteenth of the year from Jordan Eberle and Nugent Hopkins. This uh, goal happened right in front of me. Yeah, he basically walked down the wing and does one for a slap shot and deflection. Correct? Did no, because I, I heard two different things. I heard it hit uh, Edmondson's stick on the way in. And then from where I was people, sitting, and then from what I saw, clean. it looked clean. And then another, but you saw another angle, and it looked like it might have hit something. But if it did, it didn't change the angle on that puck much. I'll put it this way: deflection or not, that puck should have been stopped. It's not like that puck dipped or rose or bent one way or another that significantly. Allen missed it. Yeah, on the glove side. I mean, he just side, yeah. he just whiffed on it with his glove hand. Yeah, so that was a killer after the Blues. You know, get the lead, and uh, lately when they were getting the lead, they were actually winning games. Yes, you know, so that's the thing is like you get the lead, and the Blues are holding on to it, which is a good sign. But unfortunately, they didn't. Near the end of this period, the Blues got back into their old penalty trouble. Oh boy, did they! So they wound up turning into uh, they turned a five on four into a five on three super quick. Um, you have, you know, the Blues trying to kill off a penalty with about three minutes left in the period and uh, almost on cue, a face-off in the Blues defensive zone. And was it Petro or, no, it was Pareko. Pareko tried to clear uh, it, right? Tries to clear it. His stick hits at Edmonton stick so he doesn't get a full swing on it and just four irons it right over the glass and, Two minutes delay a game. The Blues are now down two men to close out the second period. Yeah, so actually, uh, at this play, uh, this is crazy. So, Jake Allen makes a massive save on Connor McDavid off a like, bang-bang play. Slides to his left and gets a pad on it. Unfortunately, Connor McDavid sticks with it. It gets it across the behind the net and then gets it back in front to Mark Letetsu, who gets his 13th. From McDavid and Nugent Hopkins at and the that 41 opens up second. The second period. Yeah, so 41 seconds in. Unfortunately, the Blues are down again, two to one. Here on out, it's pretty much the same old, same old. They just it's a lot of snooze. Yeah, a lot of snooze and a couple. Then unfortunately, they start pushing. It, it's like too late. And, and the that push is, comes with like five, six minutes left, and yep. they start getting like a, like really good shots. But for now, I really don't remember a lot of good shots on it. No, there weren't. It, honestly, as someone who sat through this game in the arena, it got really boring. Um, and you, you're right. It this team again waits till literally the last minute to pour it on. 
Yeah, so Talbot winds up got 25 saves in the win. Uh, as we'll get into, we'll get one more game, and then I'll talk to you. You brought up a point about uh, what Pang kind of was talking about Yes, uh, after the last game. Yep, so, it became very apparent in this next game. So the next game is they play Winnipeg. We were – we watched part of this game. We did. We watched most of the first period. And part of the second, I think. We kind of yeah. got updates and stuff. But, but there was not much to see, honestly. Not if you're a Blues fan. So the first period, uh, pretty much a snoozer the whole way out. The Blues do not look sharp at all. At all. Can't clear the puck well. Nope. Are not transitioning at all. The shots are coming from way outside. Nothing substantial. No, no sustained pressure. No real. Uh, no, you're not making the goalie work really at all. Yeah. So Blake Wheeler gets his 18th of the year from uh, Perot and Bufflin. Ten fifty one mark. It was a rocket from the point, yep. uh, and uh, Carter Hutton's in. Let's mention that. Correct. If it wasn't for Carter Hutton, this game would have been oh boy. a lot worse. Oh, you're telling me. Yeah. So for what we saw, and then I kind of watched some highlights. He made a lot of sprawling saves. Yeah, and, Carter Hutton earned his paycheck this night. And it seems after his rough start, he's kind of rebounded as well. A lot of people were kind of down about when they signed him to be the backup. Um, he wanted he's wound up turning it around and. Yeah, unfortunately, him and Allen had the, their bad stretch at the same, at the same time, time, which made it kind of really You know bad. what it reminded me of was two years ago when uh, Elliot and Allen both hit the skids to the point that the Blues had to go out and get Brodor. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a uh, – uh, yeah. So, unfortunately, they don't have it this year. So, that was the kind of thing that kind of killed them for a while there was – they didn't have a confidence in the goalie, and then they showed on the ice with the other players. Uh, it so. should also we should also note that this game against the Winnipeg is the team's first game without Kevin Shattenkirk. Yeah, we're gonna get into that trade as well after this. So they basically get all they pull the goalie a little bit early, and unfortunately, it doesn't happen. Brian Little gets his 18th from Bufflin and Wheeler. Wait, you mean that the Blues pulled their goalie? And they not they only might not have, but it was seventeen forty four. And they the didn't get pressure and got scored on. Yeah, that never happens. Yeah, and then Blake Wheeler gets his the second of the game, nineteenth of the year from Little and Truba at the eighteen fifty one mark and close out at three nothing. And the Blues fall the without Kevin Shattenkirk in tow. Can you really say the Blues fall if they never even showed up? Yeah, that was a really bad game. That was a bad game. That was reminiscent of some of those games they had back in December uh-huh. when they were uh, hurting. Uh, and teams are um, playing better than the Blues right now. Which uh, So here we sit. It is Sunday night. The uh, 5th. Just, yep, just before the tip of the uh, Colorado game. The Blues. 19 games left, by the way. All right, 19 games left, including tonight's game. Correct. The Blues are three points out of the second wild card. Technically, one point out with two games in hand. Over L.A. and Calgary. Uh, Calgary is playing. Calgary is three is, points up on uh, us. Calgary has actually been playing well and won the last two nights. Yes. They're at 76 points. Okay, so they're five ahead of us? Nine. Nine? Woo! All right, so it's it's. But they've also card. three games in hand. Still. But still, that's, right. a, that's a tremendous mountain to climb. So are so the you, Kings playing tonight? According, they do not play until the ninth. They lost last night. Okay, so they got so, their little break here. They play Nat, and they also play Nashville that night. So, so you look at you're the getting blues. a lot of teams too that are playing right. each other. The Blues. So, unfortunately, one of those teams is going to win, and that's going to really screw yeah. the Blues up. So, you look at the Blues going into the night. They're one point out of a playoff, so they could be back in if they win in regulation tonight. The bigger issue, um, 
I don't know if you want to get into this now or wait. Go for it. Is this team, and it's not just this year. We've seen it as Blues fans in many years. Um, lacks heart and mm-hmm. lacks passion and will pout like insolent children. Yep. And uh, as I was driving over here today, I was listening to Camo X and I was listening to Darren Pang do an interview on This Week in Hockey, which is, if you if you haven't listened to it, you really should. Uh, it's a really, really good behind the scenes of everything that's happened for the Blues in this week. Um, and they were talking to him about everything that's wrong. You know, obviously they talked to the Shattenkirk deal and all that, which we will get into as well. But the one thing that Pang brought up that I thought was interesting to hear from someone who not only sees this team play with his own eyes night after night, but really, you know, he's ice level. He can see what's happening on the bench. You can hear what's happening on the bench. bench. Um, He called out Vladimir Tarasenko. Really? Uh, If you go back and look at the stats for the Winnipeg game, Tarasenko had zero shots on goal. Zero. Mm. Uh, One of the things that we'll talk about as we break down this Shattenkirk trade and where the Blues goes from here is how you manage salary cap and what your best players have to do. When you're making $7.5 million a year, you have to be the best player on your team every night. There are five forwards on this team making $5 million a year or more. Mm-hmm. And a couple just below that. Vladimir Tarasenko, Paul Stasny, Steen, um, Schwartz, Schwartz, Yuri Laterra. Yuri Laterra is just almost at 4.7. He's at like 4. right 7. around 5. Gotcha, though. Those are the guys. You have to up. have those guys step up and play. Um, you look at the fact that in this salary cap era, every team has gone through a fluctuation of contender, then you drop down a little bit, then you come back. Yep. It's just how business is done in the salary cap era. Yeah. There's two exceptions to that rule in the NHL. One is the Pittsburgh Penguins. The other is the Chicago Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Every year, they're in the hunt. Yeah. Let's look at the Chicago Blackhawks because it's the team we're the most familiar with. Yeah. When you play the Chicago Blackhawks, you know who their five best players are. And you know that because they're the players that beat you every night. It's Kane. It's Taves. Taves. It's Hosa. It's Keith. And it's Seabrook. Mm -hmm. And you can now start to make the argument for Panarin as a number six. Yep. But you have... Your superstars, who's that's your core, who eats up the bulk of your salary cap, and you fill in, you the backfill the rest with players who can support. Yeah. The Blues have to adopt that model because that is how championships are won. The problem is, Jaden Schwartz, where are you? Mm. Yori Laterra, where are you? And on some nights, like with the Winnipeg game, Vladimir Tarasenko is not. Where was anybody on that team? Yeah. And and look, I I get it. Teams are going to have bad nights. But we've had a lot of bad nights. But if you're a Blues fan and you can honestly look in the mirror 
and say that you're happy with the effort that this team has given you all year, then you're going to be content with the team that never wins the Stanley Cup. Yep. Because you have to have players that bring it every night. Not 75% of the nights, not 80% of the nights, every night. Last year, when we beat the Chicago Blackhawks in seven games, who did we keep off the scoreboard until one, all but one game? Patrick King. Yeah. Upsell's game was a game six. Game six. Yeah. You know, it's things like that. When you shut down good players, those teams can't function. And people have learned that you can key on one or two of our guys. The other players aren't stepping up. You know, I, I, I like Paul Stasny. He's been streaky at best this year. Mm-hmm. You know, we have discussed the Alex Steen problems with up until shortly after the All-Star break. All of but one of his goals were an empty netter. Yep. Yori Laterra, look, man, I, I, I'm done defending him. Yeah. I, he's invisible a lot of times. Yeah, um, and you're put with one of the I, you, we can argue the top one of the top top ten players in an NHL right now. One hundred percent. And you're not. And if some you give him argue, open some, ice, he's yeah. great. And some people's argument is that is Tarasenko is getting weighed down by Laterra, let's say. But at the same time, like if Tarasenko is a superstar, like I think he is. I don't think Sidney. I think Sidney Crosby had Chris Kunitz on his line for yep. how long and how and he had how many wingers did he had David Perron on his line. He had I all agree. The, he's gone through lines all I the time. Guess what? The guy's still top five, top ten scoring yep. every year, minus injuries, obviously. Yep. So obviously the guy Patrick Kane, same thing. Doesn't matter yeah. who they put and him they with. move him more around too. So that my thing is like everybody's like, well, you don't want to make and one of the other things is which we'll get into, which uh, after the Shattenkirk trade is like you need to free up salary. People are like, well, you need to trade Laterra. Then some of the arguments were. We want to make Tarasenko mad by trading his center. Well, his center's not performing. No. So this is performance-based business. Just like if me and you, if you're not selling enough records or doing enough good enough job. I'm out the door. You're out the door. I'm I'm messing up and not getting numbers right at my work. Guess what happens? I'm out the door. Right. So, unfortunately, with the way that the professional sports work, you can still underperform and still make whatever. But – there's going to be a little thing different this year called the expansion draft. And a lot of teams with the salary cap era, for example, Arizona, Carolina, mm-hmm. and now Vegas are going to need to fill up to a certain point. Yep. And guess what? You don't have no trade clause. So if you don't want to, if you want to stay in St. Louis, you need to step up. There are nights when I'm from was uh, there was a game right before Hitch got fired that the Blues won 3 nothing, And players went into the locker room and were breaking sticks because they didn't have a good game. And conversely, there was a game where the Blues lost, I think, four to one, mm-hmm. and people were all right because they had three point nights. Um, you know, I, I mean, f- I really want to know who that is. Like, I just want to. We we get, there's all there's rumors and speculation for that, but I really want somebody to say that was so and so. I really do. I mean, unfortunately, the thing they won't call. I don't think it'll happen until that person, whoever he is, is gone from the team. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious to see who um, it was. You know, it seems like this is a problem that raises its head for the Blues every two to three years. Mm. Where 
you know, you used to hear Hitchcock when he first came in talk about players have to buy in. And it seems like this team gets its crap together for about a season and a half, two seasons at a time. And then that third season rolls around and people just kind of start doing their own thing. And this is, and this season, it's unfortunately compounded upon itself over and over again. It's like sometimes it happens for five, six game stretch and then then they write the ship and then everybody kind of gets back in line. Um, it doesn't seem like that's happened this year. No, it, is, it doesn't. Um, yeah, so real quick, that question, is that just uh, because the quote-unquote buy-in, or is it you think it's a lack of talent? Well, I don't think it's a lack of talent. Or third option, which I've seen people bring up, lack of leadership. I think there's a lack of leadership. I, I definitely do. You know, you, you've heard over the last week Armstrong talk about the transition from a veteran to a young core. Uh, you look at this roster now, there's nobody on this roster who's won a Stanley Cup. Nope. Um, Ten- we won technically. But, you know. Well, okay, yeah. Technically, David Perron. Yes, he has his, has his name on it, but it doesn't mean that uh, he was actually there. Um, I, I think that leadership... Which I think is an issue, but we'll go into Yeah, I think leadership is an issue with this team. I think the talent is there. I think that, you know, you look at... Uh, just, just talk about the five guys we've mentioned in the last five minutes. All five of those guys have shown that they can be legitimate scoring threats. You know, we were two years ago removed fr- from the top scoring from team, the right? STL line being the second coming of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and and, and now two thirds of that line suck, and the other one shows up seventy percent of the time. Yeah, so it's a. Uh... We're in for a wild ride the rest of the way here. I'll go, I did put some stuff out on uh, Twitter. We'll get into that poll in a second. But we'll we'll do the – how about let's just take a little break here. We'll cool down for a second. Sure. And, then, and again, guys, I realize that we're negative tonight. I, I know we are. And the problem is you look back at this week and, and, and t- point to something that we could be happy about. Yeah, not much. Maybe the Chicago game, maybe. That's I think that's the highlight of the week. To be quite honest with you, that's not good either. That's so. the highlight of the week was how we played against the Blackhawks. I can say our goaltending has been kind of outside of that one. Our goal. goaltending's been outside better of, outside of the Lucic goal. You can say our goaltending has been. I agree. The highlight of this team. I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. But you know we're we're now back to a situation where you're asking your goaltenders to either pitch a shutout or a one goal game to win you games every night. Unfortunately, it's not going to happen. So, all right, we'll come back and we'll come up with some uh, more news. All right, we're back. And we're back. back. So, Finally, after months, almost a full year of uh, speculation, mm-hmm. Kevin Shattenkirk is now can be considered a former blue. Yes. So we were, it was a Monday night, uh, to be exact, because I was right after hockey. Yep. And I was, uh, all of a sudden I started hearing somebody talking about Shattenkirk, Shattenkirk from around the bar, because after where we played. And uh, Where'd you I, go? Uh, Twin Peaks. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's a classy establishment. I've so heard. Yeah, so... Um, and Kevin Shattenkirk was traded like. How were the chicken breasts? Uh, and chicken breasts and broccoli were fantastic. 
just like chicken and rice and broccoli. <laughs> so, um, he threw me off. So anyway, so Shattenkirk finally traded. Um, so a lot of tr- names are getting thrown out first. Unfortunately, a fake Bob McKenzie got a lot of people. Oh man, I was I was ecstatic at that. And that was uh, and it, and the, the trade was confirmed to go to Washington. So uh, we're trying to hear what happens. So it was Alex Bermistrov and yep. uh, Bermistrov uh, Burkowski, uh, first round pick and a third round pick. And I'm like, man, Dark Armstrong, Dark Armstrong, nice you're job. the man. And then, unfortunately, it came out what the real one was. <laughs> Not and, quite that good. So it slowly came out, which is kind of weird. Like it just like bits and pieces came out, and then mm-hmm. finally the whole trade didn't come out until a lot later than when it first got reported. It About got, an hour and a half later. Yeah, so it was kind of odd. So the Blues deal Kevin Shattenkirk and goalie uh, Phoenix Copley to the Washington Capitals in exchange for a first-round pick in 2017, a conditional second-round pick, and forwards Zach Sanford and Brad Malone. And you're like, ooh, that is uh, not good. Well, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine for where he was at. And yes. you first, if you if this was like the trade that happened in the draft, right. you would have been hella pissed. Yes. Now you're just like, oh, that's I guess the best you can get. And the conditional one, man, it's like, it's complicated. It's complicated. Like Doug Armstrong full on pulled a Donald Trump at yeah. the press conference when he was breaking it down. He goes. Another trade and another trade or another pick. I'm not going to bother you with it. It's very complicated. Just let me deal with it. Yeah. I was like, much. wow, good job, Trump. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, what was the? Uh, and then uh, there's a video out there. Jay uh, Baruchel, who was like, who did a uh, goon, yeah. directed goon. He actually read it like dramatically, like the conditions. It's really funny. It's like three minutes. Nice this little video that he did. I thought it was hilarious. So anyway, um, the, well, the second believe- round pick pretty much is like if they get to the cup. It's easy. If they, if they, if they get to the conference finals. Yes, he gets the conference finals, and Kevin Shacker plays 50% of the games and does this and does, you right. know, it's weird. And let's not forget, the Blues also retained 39% of Kevin Shacker's salary this year. Which you figured was going to happen. Because it needed to and happen look, because man, they were up against the thing. I thought if you retained, that's like almost more valuable nowadays. Like if you were doing that, maybe they could have uh, given you somebody better. Like nothing in Zach Stanford. He's pretty much considered a project guy. He's a right. rookie year this year, only has two goals, which is fine, but he's been a fourth fourth liner the whole time. Pretty much is a big – could be a center, big two-way center. People, unfortunately, comparison was burgling, and that, that really blew everybody even further. Listen, you look at this kid. I think he was rushed into the league this year just to get him out of college. Um, he's a big center, which is something that we desperately need. After the loss of Backus and Brower. Yeah. And uh, apparently it was Phoenix, uh, not Phoenix, but uh, Washington was coming out and saying that, you know, like that was one, that was the guy that the Blues harped on. They wouldn't let, they, that was the guy they had their, like we could have had to part with him and we didn't want to part with him because he's been a big part of this team this year, yada, yada, yada. Oh, she had some very nice things to say about him. So uh, hopefully we got a keeper in there. He's only 22 years old. So we got a young kid. Uh, I'm okay with it. I'm fine with the trade. We got a first rounder, which is needed. Brad Malone's is basically going to be a filler in down in a, he, at the AHL. He ain't going to come up here. Hopefully, you get so basically. Hopefully, you get two picks in Zach Sanford. People are more pissed about the Phoenix Copley thing, but you forget that he's going to be a Group Six free agent this year, meaning yes. that he lo- basically the restricted rights have passed, and he is going to be UFA no matter what. And the and I think it shows that the Blues think Billy Huso is ready. I agree. To take the reins down, which I think Blues fans, as much as they're pissed about the trade, you should be excited about that prospect, that mm-hmm. you have a 21-year-old goalie down there that's going to be your lead starter, hopefully your lead starter. I mean, hopefully they say not much, say much about Bennington down there, 
but they really like the development of Huso. If yeah. he can develop one or two more years, probably two more years down there at least, you're talking about bringing that guy up at 23 years old, 23, 24 years old, and you have a nice young goalie who yes. might have a higher ceiling than any goalie you've had in a really, really long time. I think that, unfortunately, uh, Copley drew the Ben Bishop straw uh, circa 2011. Whatever it was, yeah, 2010 or 11. Whenever it was where you had the three-goalie system here in St. Louis. Yeah, and he had it down there. And then, you know, that was the year that Halak and Elliott combined to win the Jennings, so you're not going to get rid of either one of those two. Yeah, Bishop was in the minors. So Bishop was in the minors. Him. He was coming up as a free agent, so he had to get moved. Yeah. You know, and again, nothing against Copley, but. He's played, well, go. he's played well this year, and he's a big dude. Like he's twenty six. Like he might be coming to his own. Um, I he might be pushing. Be, I, if it wasn't for Carl Hutton, maybe he might have pushed for the backup job. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But uh, he goes to Washington. He'll be a UFA. Who knows if they sign him, or who knows if he winds up maybe maybe Vegas sees how good he's done in the minors. Right. Maybe gives him a two way deal, makes him their third goalie coming up, or maybe even their backup depending on their cap situation or whoever might do that. If they see how because he's been really playing really well. I agree. Pretty much the number one this year. Um, down in uh, the minors, uh, Billy Huso, after Bennington got suspended for a game, came in and kind of stole that job from him. Yeah. So I think that's one thing that the kind of got, unfortunately, this trade kind of overshadowed to a degree was uh, Billy Huso is definitely considered a, a big part moving forward. But uh, we'll go back to Kevin Shattenkirk. Kevin Shattenkirk's gone now. Your number two defenseman is gone. Your second leading scorer this year is gone on yep. top of that. Your power, your number one power play quarterback defenseman uh, had a good career in St. Louis. Phenomenal career. And remember, and he talked was about the throw-in on a trade. Yeah, he was the throw-in. So at the end of the day, you know, Arm, Doug Armstrong, you know, that was probably his best trade at the end of the year. You're, oh, you're I 100% at, agree. That you got, you know, Chris Stewart for, unfortunately, didn't turn out the way you wanted it to, but he still winds up being – a third or fourth line. Decent guy. Yeah. And uh, Kevin Chatkirk. So you want him getting a little bit. Not a lot of people's. I love they're doing the Scott. I call it the Scott Stevens. So, you know, like we got Scott Stevens and he running Shanahan to this, to this, to this, to this. Right. So now they're doing Eric Johnson to this, to this, to this, to this. To this. So sure. basically we get two, a first round pick in Zach Sanford for our number one overall. Whatever. Look, our number one overall wasn't that great. Yeah. So I don't care. So. Uh, so. Well, I was thinking about that list that you sent me. I think it was on, uh, I want to say the guy who does a toast dispatch, I want to say, on yes. Twitter. Uh, basically a list of every single player that Doug Armstrong has lost and every Armstrong that every player that he has gained. The list is quite big on the loss side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to go through it. So the big ones are obviously Shattenkirk, Bacchus, Oshie. I would uh, consider Ian Cole due to him winning a cup, yep. you could say. Brower. Uh, Brower, Ryan Miller, Halak, Chris Russell, uh, Steve Brian Ott. Elliott, Steve Ott. Uh, let's see. I said Chris Stewart, uh, Ben Bishop, Eric Johnson, Eric Johnson, Nikita Nikita. I'm just saying anybody who's been in NHL. Right. Brad Winchester doesn't count really. Brendan Mora was in and out of here. He Langan he, Bruner are not. Uh, Saboka is technically not here, so he's on the not on the not good side. Uh, Brad Hunt, I guess technically is sure. one. This is more current. And basically, what he's picked up is pretty much Rock Boom. Jordan Bennington, a 2012 third-round pick. We didn't say who it was. Joel Edmondson, some more picks. Carl Gunnison, Robert Bertuzzo, a couple more picks. One more picks. Neil Yakupov, another conditional pick. Zach Sanford, Brad Malone, David Perron, Carter Hutton, Cobb Rodziak, Scotty Upshaw, Yori Laterra, Chris Butler, Paul Stasny, 
Magnus Payarvi. And that's that guy's on the currently on team. There's a, a lot of the guys on the lost list were guys we picked up for the year and then lost. Like right. McCulloch was one of those guys we picked up for the run, didn't work out. Uh, I would say guys he traded. So the list is a little skewed to my, it is, to my you, degree. You also but, have to remember in the middle of that, like you have Jason Arnott and Jamie Ling and Bruno. Right their careers list. and they didn't were, play anywhere else. And, and Brendan Morrow. Brendan, he played. He played Pittsburgh. Did he play one more year? No, Tampa Bay. Right. He, but he only played one more year. Right. Tampa, I mean, so, and he was out. why don't we put Derek Roy on that list? Yeah, and Derek Roy was on the list who we acquired, and you know, so I mean, there's some little wavering on that list, but so so basically this. At the end of the day, this, no matter what, this team is worse without Kevin Shattenkirk. I'm not gonna, we're not going to sugarcoat it anyway. But let's break down what was said by Doug Armstrong the next morning when he held his press conference. Because I think that there were three Another key pieces one. of information that came out. Okay, go for it. Number one, that Kevin Shattenkirk at the end of last season before the draft turned down an eight-year extension from the Blues. Well, the Blues were one to discuss an eight-year extension. Right. and never got into numbers or nothing like that, according to Armstrong. And it was turned down with the reply of, I want to explore other options because he felt like he had basically hit a ceiling and wasn't going to be the used guy. in a bigger role. Um, yeah, at the end of the year, at the end of the day, he just basically, he wanted to be that guy at the end of the game that went out and was a stopper. And he's not that guy. And with the Blues, he was never going to be that guy. He's an offensive defenseman. Um, so that puts this whole season in a much different light for me because Mm -hmm. now you're Doug Armstrong and you're looking at last July, knowing that you have a a key asset who doesn't want to be here after next year, because the comment was also made that his agent said, Kevin is not demanding a trade. He'll play out the contract. So what that tells me is that. The GM of the Blues knew back in July that Kevin Shattenkirk was going to leave. Yeah, June or July, so that means – and go ahead. I'll talk about something else. So the second part that came out was that they tried to trade Kevin at the draft. Mm -hmm. But all they would get offered back was at best a first-round pick that was no higher than what they already had. Yeah. And they didn't think that that was fair value. I agree. Yeah, so I'll give them that. So then that brings us to the actual Washington trade. A lot of people crapped on Doug Armstrong for this trade because it's not Taylor Hall. It's not Jonathan Druin. Or Tyler Johnson, whoever it was. Well, no crap, it's not. Yeah, no shit. But the problem is Doug Armstrong was making this trade with a hand tied behind his back because he didn't have the final say. You have a player who's going to be a UFA. If it was up to Doug Armstrong, he would Kevin Shattenkirk would have started this season in Edmonton, and we would have Taylor Hall. But when your when your player's agent tells the team you want to trade him to, he's not going to sign with you. That team gets up from the table and leaves. Yep. It's the same thing that happened with Tampa. You cannot put that on Doug Armstrong. Doug Armstrong was ready to, to pull the trigger on the deal. But the other team walked away. So you knew that you were having a rental player. And the other thing that was said was Doug Armstrong said, if this was last year and we were in the same spot we were a year ago, Kevin Shattenkirk would not be a Washington Capitol right now. He would be a St. Louis Blue. 
it would play out because if we were Meaning, top of the league and correct. playing well. What that tells me is that, and it became obvious by the fact that we didn't add anything the next day, Doug Armstrong is throwing dirt on this season. Yeah. If the team makes the playoffs, great. If they don't, okay. That is what's disconcerting for me. It's not the trade. It's not what we got for the trade. I think Doug Armstrong made a phenomenal deal with what he could. Yeah. He was not dealing from a place of power. He knew he had to do something, or he legitimately was going to lose Kevin Shattenkirk for nothing. Because let's just be honest, guys. This is not last year's team. If this team makes the playoffs, you're looking at a first-round matchup against probably either the Minnesota Wild or Chicago Blackhawks. One way or another. And odds are you're not winning that matchup. Stranger things have happened, but tell me what you've seen this year that chose you you can beat either one of those teams in the seven-game series. Running, they're running a consistent effort every night. Right. And uh, one of the things, too, which you are talking about, like not last year's team, which I've seen a lot of people say, um, like it w- this wouldn't be hap- like leadership-wise, too, that we talked about in the last uh, part of the podcast, where I saw a tweet from somebody, or I, I, mean, I won't call a person out, but they said, if David Back was on his team, this wouldn't be happening. I disagree. Said, I said 100% disagree. You think that man could – Stop the puck when Jake Allen was struggling. Do you think that man could put in three goals a night? When we, we talked do about it? this back no. in December. At the end of the day, like you could scream. I could sit there. I could, you know, when somebody at your job, let's just say, yeah. like, say you have somebody at your job, you call up and you, like they did not get you on the numbers you wanted at right. the time. You can scream at that person all you want. Yeah. Like, and and if they're if they're notoriously a person that won't respond to you. Yeah. Doesn't matter how much you scream, correct? Agreed, and, and that's you know, look, the three of us, actually included, talked about this. I think back in December when things were bad, and we talked about hindsight being twenty twenty. The problems with this team go deeper than any of these guys that we lost in the offseason. Be it Brower, Backus, Elliott, anybody. You know, it, it's not like you plug those three players back in, and all of a sudden we're a dynamically different team. Yeah, you know. Elliot is on par with Jake Allen. Uh, and it's not like we lost 40 goal scorers with Bacchus and Brower. Yeah. We lost leadership. I will grant you that. We lost a voice in the locker leadership room. about 30 goals. Yeah. But, 30. but like you said, leadership can take you so far. This team just isn't performing. Yeah. It's just not. And then, another thing I, I argument I put out there, too, was, okay, you say about Bacchus, whatever. So does last year considered his only year he was a really good leader? So what about the years we were knocked out of the playoffs when we were first favored or yep. play, where we were supposed to do this and this and this and this? I agree. Okay, then it's like people were quick to forget what happened then, but it's just – it's like, and that's a society thing. What have you done for me lately type thing? But, um, yeah, man, at the end of the day, like you said, there are issues that go there beyond. There are big issues with this team. And as much as – that he wants to call it a retool, a re whatever. At the end of the day, it's another reword. It's rebuild. Yeah, and you're gonna have. It's, but it's I don't think like, it's a total rebuild. I don't think we're back like, in 2008. It's not like like Eric Johnson. Let's shoot for number one pick. No, rebuild. no, no, no. It's like we have some pretty good pieces. As much as we talk crap on these guys, like Tarasenko's a, a he's an elite player. player. I think Jaden Schwartz's ankle injury is a bigger factor than people think. I think he is not I the same agree. player. I think he is not the same player as he used to be. One hundred percent. And I think that is going to be a hamper on them now. Now you have Steen's contract got he got a bigger contract, mm-hmm. and he has not been playing at the par. No. Um, 
Rutherford said in his chat, he actually said he wouldn't be. He said, "I think Blues fans would be surprised on how much the Blues might try to move him in the off season." Well, I mean, As he, he said that was his words when somebody brought up like Steve poor play, and I thought that was very interesting. He's a player that's going to get you something in return, that's for sure. Yeah, a pretty um, decent return at least. As I'm watching the warm up here on Colorado. I know that Colorado held on to the two guys that were looked at to possibly move. Uh, and that Matt was McKinnon, and, I'm sorry, not McKinnon, uh, uh, Duchenne and Landis, and Landis Cog. Cog. Um, what are their contract situations? Uh, Landis Cog signed for a really long time. Okay. Uh, he signed and he was young, so he's got like four or five years to my knowledge. Okay. For like five, four or five million. Like solid. Like That's what makes him attractive too. And also Duchenne is only two next this year. He's then another two years on top of that at six mil. Okay, so neither so, of them are free agents. And they were neither just neither one, one has any kind of. Well, it's not a one out. I think it's more like this is a freaking train wreck. Blow we it need up. To, we need to do something, and right. these guys are going to get me the most value. Um, they're going to pretty much focus on McKinnon and go from there. I would trade Alex Steen for either one of those two guys. Yeah, I would. I'd be okay. I would that. trade Steen for Landis Cog or uh, Duchesne. Yeah, I think Duchesne obviously because the number one center situation would solve a lot i wouldn't be honestly and i wouldn't be surprised if this is the case if you look at shipping Jaden schwartz to colorado due to he played in colorado college yep. you never know that could be something that would be attractive to him attractive to that team you know they have mckinnon as their number one center you bring Jaden schwartz and there's a left winger for you that's pretty decent it plays both ways, um, but it's in their division, so who knows what they're thinking. Let's talk for a minute about the fact that every team around the Blues, both the teams in front of them and behind them at the deadline, made moves to get better. And Virtually wanna, every team in the Central made a trade. And I want to focus in particular on Colorado and a player they got rid of for contingently nothing. We'll talk about it. Go ahead, though. And it's Jerome Ginla. Mm-hmm. I know that Jerome Ginla's on his last legs. Yeah. But we just addressed the fact that this team needs veteran leadership. Yep. And this team needs bodies and bodies at center. Did you see what Jerome McGinley went for? Virtually nothing. It went for a contingent fourth round pick. Do you know what that fourth round pick is contingent on? The Kings have to make the playoffs and Aginla has to may, has to play fifty percent of the games, and then if that turns like meaning, a six or something like that, or meaning low, yeah. if they don't do that, it's Colorado the, gets a bag of pucks. Yeah, I think it might have been. It was like nothing. Yeah, if you're, right. you're the St. Louis Blues, why don't you make that deal? He has he had a full no trade, and he very controlled where he wanted to go. But it doesn't sound like Armstrong, Armstrong made even made the call. Correct. We don't know if he did or not. That's an unfortunate thing part. You should. If that kind of guy's available and you're struggling right now, I think. I agree. Like, you can't tell me that an old ass Jerome McGinley isn't better than Zach Sanford right now. And then no offense to him. He didn't have much of a chance. I won't won't throw him under the bus. But, like, even Nail Yakupov, you could have just. I'd put Nell Yakupov in right now over well, Zach Sanford. And he is right now. So you know Yeah, but he's in over Barbashev, and that is what astounds me because well, Barbashev's been playing great. And Barbashev was in the other night against Winnipeg, and where did he – he subbed in for Kyle Brodziak. Yeah. He played on the fourth line, which is mind-blowing to me as well. Um, and also note for tonight the, in the Colorado game that's just starting, uh, Jordan Schmaltz is uh, making his yep. NHL debut. So – 
a lot of guys are young guys are playing all of a sudden, which so is fine. Look, man, I'm for it. You got to start playing the, for the future too. Like mm-hmm. as much as I want to make the playoffs, and I know for uh, Mr. Stillman and the rest of the ownership group, it makes some money and stuff. Uh, I'd rather not get into the playoffs and get killed. That would kill my spirit more, honestly. Me personally, that would kill me more. <sighs> you know, because going in is like I always say, you never know what happens, but I wouldn't feel good about it the way they played. Look. How about the Kings? They played it all over. I'm just going to bring them up. I mean, look at the year the Kings won their first cup. I know. Gonna, I mean, that was, a, that was I, I distinctly remember watching that Kings and San Jose game. And they got because, the shootout. And they got because in. the winner got the higher seed and the, low, the team that lost played us. Yeah. And I remember at the time going, God, please, I don't want the Sharks. Yeah. And that Kings team that barely got into the playoffs. Whooped up. Lost three games the entire Stanley Cup playoffs? Uh, yeah, and two were in the Stanley Cup finals. Yeah. They, so, yeah, because yeah, they swept, swept. Because we got swept in the second round. That yeah. Night. We swept, swept. They went four and one against I the think Phoenix. Phoenix, Phoenix, yeah, Phoenix, yeah, Phoenix. They went four and one, and then they went four and two against the Rangers. The Rangers. So I mean, they uh, they steamroll people. So, so look, anything, like I said, anything can happen. I just don't feel good about this team. I agree. I don't either. There's 19 games left. You have to win. You know, you still at this point control your own destiny over LA because you have games in hand. You're only a point back. Yeah, even even in Calgary, to a degree, you got three games on them. But. And you play and them coming up soon. And it's all about getting hot at the right time. The thing that, I, you know, and I tweeted this out after the, the, the Winnipeg loss, like you just said, is like, I, I don't know what team shows up. Yeah, because when the good team shows up, man, they are dominant and they are on the puck. And Two they- weeks ago, this team was back into third place. They were only six points behind Chicago. Hmm. I, you know, anything is possible. And, and you know, I, I'm trying to build us up sandwich method mm-hmm. to end this thing on a good note. It has to start tonight. Yeah, and the leaders got to lead. And uh, hopefully, and the young guys got to step up. Yes. Like, Colton Virgo's got to be better. Like, he's been okay, but he has to be yep. better. Jaden Schwartz has to step up. Has to. Your Latera has to. Has to. Has to be a center. Uh, Alex Teres- Steen. Yeah. Has Vlad- to. Vladimir Tarasenko has to be that superstar scorer. Jake Allen has to be that young ascending goalie. Like I'm all gonna, this has to happen. You can't just be average anymore. I'm going to go ahead and say that Vladimir Tarasenko needs to damn near be a goal a game guy the last 19 games. Yeah, pretty close. I think. I think he needs to get a solid. I think at 15 or something like that would be. And that's. I agree. Him, that would be him around 43, 42. Years. Which would be his career high. Yeah. But I mean, that's where we're at right now. But somebody has to get hot. Nobody yep. on this team like is hot. Like you had Paul Stasny, who had a streak, who was doing good, and you had Tarasenko. Outside of that, and then Fabry had one after right. he started slow. Outside of those three guys, do you remember anybody who's no. had like a, like you're like wow that guy's playing? No, Patrick Berglund. Excuse me, Patrick Berglund. I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, Berglund went on about a week and a half tear. Okay, but then but yet we've noticed how many guys we have not talked about that should be the guys that have had hot streaks. And we've that's we've the mentioned him ad nauseum. In this so podcast. I think at the end of the day. There's time. Well, that's there the is. Message. There's the, time. The clock is ticking. Unfortunately, it's running out. That's yes. the thing. Is. Yeah. You know, you. we've mentioned the week schedule going down the stretch. You've got seven but, of your last 19 against Colorado and you Phoenix. Play, you play Colorado pretty much three times in the next two weeks. 
You so know, those got to be W's. You got to have. You got to get out of those three games. You have to get six points, six to five points. Yeah, at, that's a bare minimum. If you get uh, less, than same that, thing against Phoenix. Yeah, you have to get all the points. All of them. All of them. So anyway, let's uh, let's go. We have. I had a couple Twitter polls. Let's get into those before yep. we wrap things up. So I had two of them. So after the whole, everybody wanted to kill Doug Armstrong after the Kevin Shanker trade. Mm-hmm. He didn't do anything the next day at the trade deadline either. Mind you, not much the NHL did much. No. Either, so let's get to that either. And, and you know, Armstrong made that made a comment about that, and it's very true. And I think you've seen the last few years, the trade deadline isn't what it used to be. It's more like this year a trade week. Yeah, this year is like with the salary cap being flat next year and the expansion draft mm-hmm. process. There's a lot of non-movement this year. I think. I think. Uh, and people are making their deals ahead of the deadline. Yeah, and a lot of them, a lot of the big ones were done. Like Kevin Shattenkirk was done two days ahead of time. Yep. And a lot of others were done a couple days ahead of time. There's really nobody big that got traded. Ginla was probably the biggest guy moved on draft day. Maybe on draft day, yes. Not draft day, a trade, a trade deadline day. Tra- yeah, I'm sorry. Gotcha. So anyway, the couple Twitter polls. So I had 100 votes to make this even, which is kind of nice. So nice. does Armstrong get fired before the before the 2017 2018 season? Seventy percent said yes, and thirty percent said no. Um, I say no because I think I think Tom Stillman is extremely loyal to that man. I maybe think, to a fault on some things, but he is extremely loyal to that man. I think if this team doesn't make the playoffs, they make a change. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a huge possibility. Uh, let's see if, if they if they squeak into the playoffs, even if they get swept, I think that um, Armstrong keeps his job. And then if I this team this, doesn't make the playoffs. I think that flag that we have hanging up at 51 he's burned. is reason enough. I think Stillman will have enough egg on his face. Uh, I'm sorry, Armstrong will have enough egg on his face for ruining a 50th anniversary celebration year that Stillman will be forced to keep the fan base intact, mm-hmm. will be forced to make a change. Because the- I think he will be a casualty of the fan base much in the same way that a coach is usually a casualty because of the players. Yeah, because um, like we we talked about this too, and many times that this is your first season where you don't have October baseball. Yep, you don't have the Rams lingering as bad as they were. They lingering around. You have a really awful. It was college, your year. You have awful two awful college basketball programs right now. Uh-huh. Salou is awful. Mizzou is awful. Illinois is awful. So you could have literally every spotlight in the city would be on you. You had a mark. You had a. Marquee event in the Winter Classic, which thank God you won. Oh God! Because ever since then, it's been pretty much yeah. That was the uh, top of the mountain this season right now. And ever yep. since then, it's like we tripped off it and we're just tumbling down. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, they catch themselves. Like we said, plenty of time. But we'll go with the last Twitter question and then one more housekeeping note. Yep. Where will the Blues finish the regular season? I had wild card spot number one, wild card spot number two, or out of the playoffs? Because basically, it's gonna be really hard for the Blues to get to that third spot right now. So I just kind of kept it simple. Wild card spot number one. Also, I probably could have showed, could have put slash number three spot in the central, but because it's about the same amount of points. Mm. So the final uh, we had ninety nine votes, almost another hundred votes. Four percent said wild card number one. Twenty percent said wild card number two. Ooh, seventy six percent said out of, out the, of playoffs. the playoffs. Ouch. So <sighs> that's a, that hurts. So we'll see what happens. But what do you think? I. Said they're gonna. I always said that I wouldn't. I would see them squeaking in. Possibly, I said they already really well finished in the number two, or they're gonna barely squeak in. And it looks like I'm right with the squeaking in part. I say they finish that number two spot. They're barely gonna hold on to that and face Minnesota, Chicago, and it's gonna be an interesting series. Let's just put it. That um, 
I agree with you. Right now, I agree with you. Just the you way know. they're playing. I mean, obviously, they can turn around and go on a 19 games off. They can go 17-1-1 one, one from here on out, for all I know, and finish number two in the Central, for all I know. Could right. 100% happen. Could. But we'll see what happens. So the last housekeeping thing we got, we are going to next podcast. So about a week from today, we will pick the winner of the Glass Bangers t-shirt. Yep. So look at uh, the pin tweet on Blues Hockey Podcast Twitter. It's at Blues Hockey NHL. It says, please follow us and at Glass Bangers. So thank you guys for sponsoring that once again. Tweet that out. And you can win any shirt off their website. So go ahead and do that, and we'll have hopefully Ashley will be here next week to pick a winner. Remember, but you have to follow us, follow the, follow the instructions. Follow us both at Glass Bangers and Blues Hockey. So I've seen about five people who've only followed one of us, and that makes you ineligible. So correct. So we'll wrap things up here. So like I said, you can get hold of us on Twitter's Blues Hockey NHL. And Chris's Twitter is at Hossapalooza. And Ashley's is at Ashley Ryan. Also, we're on Facebook's Blues Hockey Podcast. Also, in an email, if you want to email us any kind of fun thing, uh, blueshockeypodcast at gmail.com. Also, uh, let's see, that, 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 and the website to find everything, blueshockeypodcast.net. That'll have all the information I just told you guys and whatnot. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, breaking news from Denver. Blues goal on the power play, scored by number 26, Paul Stasny. There we go. One nothing Blues. There we go. Hey, positivity is in us. The power of positivity. Speaking of that. P.O.P. We have to go uh, watch that as well. We're going to have a double We're gonna have double kind of watching tonight. Uh, no. We have uh, Fastlane and uh, the Blues game to watch. So good stuff. So any any predictions for the uh, for let's, Fastlane? Let's go Fastlane. Who wins the big match? Also, let's do the big match, and we'll wrap it up here. I can't imagine them having Goldberg win. I just got a feeling they're going to because I just don't have faith in anybody anymore. <laughs> yeah, I I just don't see it. But oh, they, they got to do they got to set up the whole Jericho thing. Though supposedly some a certain dead man might be showing up. Oh, well, it's that time of year. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. So anyway, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you guys. Keep the next faith, week. Blues fans. Keep the faith. All right, see you guys later.